0: Welcome to Bramisol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramisol is the leader in SAP based finance solutions and the co innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.brammasol.com.
1: Uh, hello, this is Jim Hunt for Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. Today, we've got a really interesting topic, uh, again, about revrec and lessons learned. Um, and we're lucky to have uh, Daryl Latchford, who's a CPA with uh, over 14 years of revenue management and accounting experience including 12 years at Varian Medical uh, Systems, most recently as the Director of Global Revenue. He has the responsibility for over $3 billion in revenue, and he led his team through the end-to-end migration, risk assessment, and implementation projects to successfully adopt uh, ASC 606. So he's perfectly positioned for today's topic, which is kind of a hands-on, down-in-the-trenches review of lessons learned and understanding the ripple effects from other functions. Daryl, hi, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Jim, i um, glad to be here. Let's start with kind of an overview of how um, ASC 606 impacts various functional areas beyond reverent compliance, and then we'll dig a bit deeper into each of those areas. Yeah, that's great. Well,
2: as, as everyone knows, You know, revenue is one of the most important financial indicators that external parties rely on to determine how well a company is performing. And as a result, businesses often establish a number of internal processes and management reporting capabilities to drive growth and increase the predictability of the revenue streams. As a result of the accounting and reporting changes that we see from 606, companies need to address the impact to the rest of the internal stakeholders that rely on these revenue numbers. These different areas may include fp tax commissions, regulatory, along with any new revenue streams that may come about as a result of the new standard. These different process owners will need to receive financial reports and understand what's going on with, the, with their business.
1: Okay, great. Uh, Why don't we just dig into some of the areas. Uh, Let's start by uh, taking a deeper look at budgeting and forecast and what the impacts are.
2: Yeah, budgeting and forecast, this is is a key area um, because obviously it really drives where you allocate your resources across the business. Uh, So when you have these changes that come about as a result of the new revenue standard, there's going to be a shift where you want to uh, where, where some of the dollars are going to be going you're going to have additional performance obligations that are now going to be a revenue stream which weren't in the past uh, there's going to be an impact associated uh, with the adoption uh, and so that needs to be factored into your your forecast and your budgets for the upcoming year and then the other thing to keep in mind is there can there will also be a shift in maybe timing so that's another factor that you need to f- consider when you're doing your planning if you, you fail to f- take into account all these different um, changes you're going to end up with a a budget that's set up under the old standard and you're going to report your actuals under the new standard it's going to give you faulty uh, faulty information and you're going to be making decisions based on a bad set of information
1: so integration is key there um, And kind of building off of that, what about issues around financial reporting itself? Well, as an accountant,
2: I have a tendency to focus more on the external reporting, but it's really key that you consider these changes to the business uh, from an internal perspective. Um, You need to think about how these impacts are going to affect your taxes, how it's going to affect your statutory books. And most importantly how it's going to affect your management reporting because that's really what the internal stakeholders use to help them make the decisions and 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 move forward
1: yeah and, and i would guess just kind of segueing off that financial reporting issue i guess that uh, integrating analytics are a really key factor in being able to uh, achieve the reporting in a productive fashion and timely fashion
2: absolutely i think i think that you're going to perhaps set you know, the metrics that you r- rely on internally, or maybe even some metrics that you report externally are gonna to have to be adjusted and perhaps updated.
1: Okay, great. And, and then uh, obviously there's the reporting, the compliance, they're all built on a foundation of internal controls. And I assume this uh, certainly impacts from uh, 606 on internal controls.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Uh, You know, under 606, you know, there's been a shift to a more principle-based, you know, revenue standard that includes more judgment and additional estimates that are now need to be included as part of the revenue process. And and also, we see an increase in the number of performance obligations and additional reporting disclosures that all require operational changes and enhancements to the accounting slash reporting systems. These changes definitely will result in an increase to the controls environment. And I would, based on my experience, I see that it's, it's not decreasing. We see additional controls that need to be implemented. And this is a, a key area and, and definitely make sure to get internal audit involved throughout the process.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask about uh, building in uh, audit trails, uh, both internal and external. You wanna be able to prove, uh, show your work for all of these new changes, so it seems like ensuring that you're integrated, where you have a robust audit uh, auditability is really important. Yeah,
2: and 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 I think also the the other area is not just on on a go-forward basis, but you also need to be able to have the records to um, show you know the changes that you made, that you're in compliance and making your adjustments, your calculations um, as a result of changing over to the new standards. So that's it's not just the, the go forward to be process, but also need to make sure that um, the records and the uh, adjustments that you're making along the way are also um, auditable.
1: Right, and, you know, and I would guess that you know, from a, a public company standpoint, especially where you've got external uh, investors and stakeholders, um, you're going to need that look back and look forward capability to explain. Any changes in the
2: financial reports? Absolutely. You know, again, I can't can't stress enough the um, um, uh, level of effort. And I, I, for for when we went through our uh, adoption, and throughout the process, we were engaging internal audit and external audit, and it proved very helpful because if perhaps there's an adjustment along the way, or Perhaps the auditors don't, don't agree with one of the um, changes, or it allows you to recover and make changes along the way to make sure that when you get to your end result, you don't have any issues.
1: Um, did you, in your projects, did you run parallel with the old system and the new system for a significant period of time? Uh, no,
2: we, what we did is we actually, we did the full retro uh, retrospective. So what we had to do though is we had to come up with a process to capture the revenue recognition for the previous three years under both uh, 605 and 606. If you're running the modified, then there is that need there to run parallel systems. Um, regardless, it, 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 it's a lot of work and you just need to make sure that you're able to capture the information under both scenarios.
1: Got it. Um, let's switch to uh, the sales side because obviously Changes in revenue um, affect um, sales, because that's where it comes from. And specifically like managing commissions and other aspects. Can you kind of elaborate on those issues? Sure.
2: Yeah, in, in sales commissions, it was one of those areas that initially we did not feel that there was going to be an impact, but there actually was an impact. And the the commissions piece is kind of a double whammy in the sense that that's typically not a large uh, material impact. However, trying to get the systems and the process in place to account for it is, is a little bit challenging. And the operationally companies go through their planning cycle with the sales team, they set the quotas, and you need to make sure that you're engaged upfront so that when you're setting those quotas, you're setting them under the new standard. Because if you set them under the old standard, you're going to get to the point at the end of the year. You know their quotas have been set based on a, a perhaps their, a, a lower a, a, a lower um, a quota amount, and you're going to be reporting it under the new standard, which which might bring down their quota. And you definitely don't want your sales sales guys upset. So it's an area that Needs to be flushed out. Needs to be incorporated into the the sales commissions plans because it's one area that you you definitely don't want to have um, challenges or hit sales guys upset. You want them out selling.
1: Yeah, the sales guys, in my experience, they uh, have an eagle-eyed focus on the comp plan and what it means to them.
2: Exactly, and and I I think it's just it's just critical that um, it, it's another one of those stakeholders that. You need to engage the sales operations team, make sure they understand the changes and how that's gonna look going forward so that when you're measuring their performance that they're able to understand it, realize what the changes are. And then I think lastly, make sure that whatever commission tool that you utilize, that it's being updated and adjusted for the new standard as well.
1: Yeah, So and, and that sort of plays into my next question about uh, order bookings and backlog management. Um, how the ch- RevRec changes have impacted that.
2: Yeah, and, and, and that's a good point. Uh, we, we talked a, a bit about um, you know, metrics and analytics earlier, and order bookings and backlog are definitely two of the key metrics that I see a lot of businesses um, using and tracking. And even if it's not something that's, that they publish or include in their financials, it's still a key metric that needs to be accounted for. And as you go through and you're converting over from 605 to 606, you need to make sure that you're compute, that you're readjusting your backlog to reflect that. So if you're, you know, if you're accelerating revenue, then you're going to have a, a, a lower backlog or vice versa. So it, it's key that you have a plan up front to determine how I'm going to adjust my backlog. And what is my backlog going to look like? What's the allocation going to look like between the different elements? And it's, it's one of those things that you might not think about up front, and you probably have to wait until closer to the adoption date to see what you actually have left in your backlog, what open contracts, but it's still something that I highly recommend that people think about and uh, include as part of their planning uh, to make sure that they don't get to that point and they're not rushing around trying to figure this out.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, to be able to predict what those changes are going to look like, because you, you certainly don't want the CEO to suddenly be saying, Hey, the backlog just dropped by 50%. What's going on here? Absolutely. Yeah. Good point. Um, This is a great overview. Um, So what should companies be doing now? I mean, uh, the, the Bramasol paradigm of uh, comply, optimize, transform, that um, a lot of people just kind of focused on compliance, let's get this done. But what should companies be doing now to be sure that they're integrated and optimized uh, and have the red changes built into their overall business systems?
2: Well, I, I think as, as our kind of podcast title, you know, don't underestimate the ripple effects. I, I think this is to make sure that you're integrating all of the areas that are impacted and not just focusing on the compliance aspect. You know, We touched upon a, num- a number of areas that are often maybe underestimated or not addressed during the planning stages. As a result, you, you get into the, pro- the project, the implementation, and you get closer to that go live date and you realize, oh, I, I forgot to really plan for this, or you're in a position where you, know, you haven't had a chance to really include it in your, in your planning process to enable you to implement some auto, automation, some I- integration in, into, your, um, into whatever tool it is that you're deciding you wanna go with. As a result, you may have to do some rework to what you've already built. You may have to implement some manual processes and you also run the risk of not being able to meet your go live date. So, you know, as, as we going th- through this, you know, I, ju- I just added, have a couple additional kind of areas or bullet points, recommendations that, that I would, you know, suggest that people consider when they're, when they're going through that. And so I think it's, as we touched upon is, make sure you include all functional areas uh, when you're doing your initial impact assessment You know, make sure that you get those individuals involved. Uh, Review the results of the impact assessment with the stakeholders. Make sure that they understand what's changing. And if you have a recommended approach, make sure that they're engaged and involved and understand what that's going to look like. Look to automate and standardize your systems and processes. I mean, I think that's a key thing. And, you know, when I talk about the automation, don't just look at the pure financial accounting, the compliance aspect, look at how you can standardize and automate your operational processes. Um, Your stakeholders will love you for that. (laughs) Um, And, you know, don't, as we mentioned, don't treat this as a a compliance exercise. This is more, think about this as more an investment in the infrastructure of the organization. Um, You know, make sure to address all required reporting and SOX controls and what I think is a, is a key point here is, don't just think about those ones that you do on a daily, maybe monthly basis. Think about all those controls because you're gonna have some controls that you just do um, on, on a quarterly basis, or there's some that you might only do on an annual basis. So make sure that you build those out and test those. Area that I strongly recommend is make sure that you identify a change management lead who's responsible for Keeping all the stakeholders informed and engaged throughout the project. I think that's one of those things that somebody who has kind of a kind of project manager sort of bird's eye perspective on this, because it's tough to get you, know, you get involved in the, the weeds, and you really need somebody to make sure that the, that that interaction is happening on a regular basis. And then I I think um, you know as you're going through this process. You, you might not get all the budget that you want, or as you're going through this initially, you might identify some opportunities, but you might have not have time to implement those. I strongly encourage people to make sure, make note of those areas, um, present those to your uh, senior management, and, and see about getting a budget for a phase two uh, effort. I think it's gonna be well worthwhile. And you know, the one key thing here is you know, under the prior, you know, 605 and the prior revenue recognition guidance, that was kind of built in bits bits and pieces. So people's systems had to get adjusted on a, on a continual basis as changes came out. The one beautiful thing about having 606 is the full process is laid out today. And so you can really earmark and create a system to support that because the, the, the basic structure is not gonna change. So um, that's, those are some kind of key areas that I'd recommend.
1: <clears throat> that's a great wrap up. And, and I love your note that um, with 606, there's really an opportunity to um, become more efficient and integrated because it's mapping out uh, the entire process instead of a you know, piecemeal, incremental, built up over time approach as we had previously.
2: Absolutely. Best of luck going forward.
1: That's great, Daryl. I really appreciate your um, your insights on this, and I hope to have you back uh, in the future to talk more. All right, Jim. Thanks. Have Take a good care. day.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. We hope that you found it helpful. To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance optimization and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info